having those open communications, being able to be vulnerable with one another is very important. If people are in a position where they aren't in the best financial state, just being willing to kind of share that with your partner in a judgment-free zone is important. Yeah. And, and one thing I wanted to add is Angie was very, she gave me grace, right? She, I had this massive student loan debt and she had loans of her own as well but she didn't make me feel bad about having the loans right she was actually very encouraging hey this is allison and welcome to the inspire budget podcast where we talk all things budgeting debt and saving money Today, I am excited to introduce you to my friends, Angie and RJ, who are the faces behind Rich by Intention. Their mission is to empower couples to manage their money and everyday life with intention by eliminating debt, saving money, and investing for their future. They paid off $123,000 of student loan debt in a year, and now they're on the path to financial freedom. I'm so excited for them to share their story and really talk about how couples can get on the same page with money. Welcome, Angie and RJ, to the Inspire Budget Podcast. I I am honored that you are here, um, mostly because we have not had the privilege of like physically meeting in person. I missed my opportunity when I could meet you guys in person, um, but I'm happy to have you here virtually so that way we can hear your story. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Allison, for having us. It is truly an honor to be on your podcast. We're just super excited that you would even ask us to come on. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited to be on. Of course. I mean, you guys have such an amazing and incredible and inspiring story that people need to hear it. I think that sometimes when people are paying off debt, they feel alone and like they can't connect with anyone that's been there before. And your story is just truly such a wonderful journey that I think everyone should hear. Yeah, no, thank you. So we're happy to happy to share it. Yeah. So, you know, I was reading an article that you guys were in and I saw that you actually paid off $123,000 of student loans. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And how long did it take you? It took us one year to pay off our student loan debt. We didn't even think that it would take us only one year. We actually thought it was going to take us closer to four years. But when you get Mm -hmm. intentional, anything's possible. Yes. And we're going to dive into that. But I want to know first, what was the catalyst for this? What made you want to get started on conquering such a massive goal? Well, for each of us, we come from humble beginnings. And it was really important that prior to us getting married, that we started to improve our finances, get control of our money, and start eliminated debt on our own individual basis. So essentially, by the time we got married, the only thing we had left was our student loan debt. We each paid off our cars and we each paid off like our credit cards. So when, right before we got married, we had hundred about 123000 left in student loans that we decided to tackle. Because one, a lot of times couples, the number one reason for couples like getting divorced or for them the arguments is about money. And we definitely didn't want that in our marriage. It was very important for us that for our children, we have one daughter now, but at the time it was just like, we wanted to 
bring our children in the world without us being in massive debt. It was very important to us early on to really get a handle of our finances, right? So we've been together for over 10 years now. And I would say even when we started dating, we started having money conversations very early on, just talking about the amount of debt that we had, talking about what we were going to do to kind of help get ourselves on the right track in terms of our finances. And so we started those conversations very early in our relationship so that when we did get married back in 2017, it was very easy to say, okay, now let's tackle this $123,000 that we have left. We decided that literally the day after we came back from our honeymoon, we said, okay, let's create a plan to tackle this six figures of debt. Okay. I just have to tell you that I am so impressed because my husband and I didn't have one money conversation before we were engaged, which is not what I recommend, but was it hard to have those conversations and and to be vulnerable like that in a relationship as you were dating? So one thing, just as a disclaimer for me, a lot of people wear their heart in their sleeves. I had my student loans on my sleeves. So when we first started dating, I told her, you know, hey, I have at the time, it probably was around $81,000 in student loan debt. So I let her know in the beginning and that it was something that was painful for me or I was like ashamed of, but I talked about it openly just to kind of give me a motivation to actually start getting control of my finances. Oh, I love that. I love that because it's, it's the power of vulnerability. You know, I think that like I, I would just listen to a book by Brene Brown and when you're able to be vulnerable and share those things, you don't sit in shame. So I guess I think of it, RJ, as you had a choice where you could almost like hide it and, and have shame about it, or you could share it with Angie and open this communication and talking about it. So I think that's great. Do you all have any tips for maybe people who are struggling with connecting with their partner, whether they're, it's their spouse or someone they're dating with opening up and almost overcoming that fear of conversation? Just to kind of bring, bring you guys back to when we first started dating, you know, like RJ said, he, he definitely wore his student loans on his sleeve. And I think it's so important for couples just to be open and honest about the financial state that they're in, especially if you're in a relationship that you hope leads towards marriage, right? If you're in a serious dating relationship, it's important to have those open and honest conversations about money early on. And I think him just kind of being vulnerable and open about his financial state just allowed us to communicate on a whole nother level about our goals, about our vision for our future together, and just the plans that we wanted, just the plans that we wanted to create in order to put us in the best position as possible. Just from there, I think just having those open communications, being able to be vulnerable with one another is very important. If people are in a position where they aren't in the best financial state, just being willing to kind of share that with your partner in a judgment-free zone is important. Yeah. And and one thing I wanted to add is Angie was very, she gave me grace, right? She, I had this massive student loan debt and she had loans of her own as well, but she didn't make me feel bad about having the loans, right? She was actually very encouraging and helped me put together a plan or just really just start doing the basics because I had other money issues besides my student loans, right? I wanted to improve mm-hmm. my credit, wanted to get rid of our, my car. And Angie allowed Judgment Free Zone to have these conversations, right? To talk about a budget, to talk about right. career movement, right? And just get myself in a better place. And she was going through those the same journey as well. She just had 50,000 less in student loans than me. I love that. And I love that you said she was judgment-free. I think sometimes we fear 
having the conversation because we fear the judgment. I think a really good thing to do, and I don't know, RJ, if you ever did this, but starting the conversation out by just saying, Hey, I have to share something with you. And I'm, I really need this to be a judgment-free space that I'm about to share and just almost prefacing it like that. So that way the other person knows your intention, knows that you're, you're about to be vulnerable and that you do need grace, almost asking for grace up front, I think is definitely an option for people who are worried about approaching a partner about any financial difficulties they're facing. Definitely. I think just having that safe space, especially when you're in a relationship is important, right? Communication is the, the most, one of the most important things when you're in a, in a marriage yeah. and a dating relationship. And so if you're not able to have healthy communication with your partner, then that's definitely something that we encourage people to, to work on together. And the one thing I wanted to add is that everyone uh, in a relation have their strengths and weaknesses. You may be weak in finances, but other partner may want to get their health together, right? Working mm-hmm. out or eating healthier, clean. So it's like, even though you, you may, like I may be struggling in one area, there's another area that Angie was struggling at the time. I helped her in that area where I was strong. And so sometimes it's like both parties f- talking about what they have uh, like weaknesses in, and then you just encourage them to, to make it yes. a, ultimately a strength. Oh, I love that. So you get back from your honeymoon. I want us to dr- go back to that moment. You get back from your home honeymoon and you say, this is it. We're going to pay all of this off. We're going to do what it takes. Did you ever feel like, paying off $123,000 worth of debt was impossible. It definitely did feel almost impossible at one point, right? And and again, you know, when we created our plan to pay off our six figures of debt, we didn't think it would take us one year. Like we said earlier, we thought it was going to take us closer to about four years, which is still, wow, like amazing progress. But, you know, it was just like, okay, we're going to have to buckle down for the next few years and yeah. really just oh, yeah. kind of do whatever we can to, to dig ourselves out of this $123,000. And so it did feel overwhelming, I would say, sometimes. But I think that's the value of when you're on this journey with a partner. When you have a spouse who is just encouraging you and rooting you on and cheering you on, and we even celebrated the wins, tiny milestones mm-hmm. <laughs> leading up to the, the payoff and we would celebrate our wins together. And so, you know, when you have someone who's on the journey with you, it makes it so much sweeter. It makes it, it makes it feel more possible, more, more attainable when you have just this accountability partner with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. It sounds like you were each motivating each other along the way. Definitely. Definitely. In every way possible, we encourage each other to seek out promotions to, so that we can increase our income. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just amazing when you have someone who's, who's really trying to root you on, on this journey. Okay. So what if your partner doesn't want to root you on, or what if they're just, they don't have the same desires? RJ, I'm going to ask you this one. What, what suggestions do you have for someone who they feel like their spouse or partner just isn't going to be that person they can turn to for motivation. Yeah. So one of the words Angie mentioned was communication, but I think the second one after that is compromise. So, so Mm. one person will be on one spectrum, another person will be on the other spectrum. So you have to find like a middle ground, right? And uh, a lot of times some people may, some, someone may may love to the budget and other person may hate the budget, right? But a middle ground will maybe meet once a month to talk about the money. So I think compromising and educating each other 
on different topics, right? So it may be a podcast, it may be a YouTube channel, it may be a blog, right? Everyone learns in a different frequency. So figuring out your other partner's way of absorbing information and start talking about things that you have learned. So you shouldn't hoard information, you should share it with them so that they can start getting interested as well. Yeah. And I think just to add to what RJ said, communicate on their level. Like, I think you made a good point, babe. (laughs) everyone receives information differently, right? And so it's one of you might be the spender, one of you might be the saver. And so if you're the saver, you have to speak to the spender on their level, right? You have to communicate in a way that they'll understand. And that's usually with spenders, you know, you might have to talk about the goals that you want to accomplish together, right? You might have to say, okay, if we want to spend money on a vacation, start painting the picture of the type of vacation (laughs) that you want to take. If you guys do get your finances in order, get your money together that you, you, you'll be able to take that vacation um, that you want or any money goal that you have really, right? So it's just a matter of, I think, vision setting, setting the goal, being willing to compromise one another and also communicate on their level. I love it. So $123,000 of debt, how did you do it in a year? I mean, it, that is incredible. I love it. But what specifically did you do to help you reach this goal that maybe other people can start trying to implement in their own life. I'll start out. And I I just want to mention this as the first thing. So like we said, RJ and I, by the time we got married, we were on the same page about money. And so I think that's the first Mm -hmm. step, right? Like you have to get on the same page about money with your partner. And I think that's the way to get on the same page about money is the first thing is to get educated together about money. And so 10 years ago, when RJ and I started dating, That's what we did in order for us to get control of our finances. We had to get educated together. So if he was reading a book, I read the same book. If he was listening to a book on Audible about personal finance, I read the same book. And it wasn't just us reading and listening to the same books or reading the same blogs. It was us talking about it after, talking about our perspectives, talking about what we learned from it and agreeing or even disagreeing about certain points. But at the end of the day, we had to align and get on the same page about money together. Yeah. And the next thing we did was we budgeted and ultimately lowered our expenses. So one thing that we learned was that everything is negotiable. So from our cell phone bill to our rent payment, to our utility bills, we always called our providers and see what they can do, right? For example, with our rent, we called our landlord, we paid every rent payment on time, and we signed a longer lease so that we didn't have to have any increases and ultimately save money there. From our cable company, it was AT&T at the time, I mean, not cable company, cell phone provider was AT&T, called them and they were able to reduce our phone bill just for me being there for over 10 years, right? So we learned everything was negotiable and that helped us a lot. What I love about that is that it's almost like you you make one phone call, it might take you 15 to maybe 30 minutes max, but then you reap the rewards, the benefits for months and months and months. So it, it's very wise. It's very smart. So to me, it's much better than clipping coupons because you have to do that every single month. You have to do something every single month to save money. So I love it, y'all. It's like one and done. What is one thing I can do to impact this category in my budget to lower it for a year or more? Exactly. And the rent payment is usually everyone's largest line item for the most part. Mm-hmm. So that was oh, yeah. huge for us. But yeah, I just want to go back to the budgeting really quickly because I mean, that was that's huge, right? Like being on a budget, knowing where every dollar 
dollar is going is so important, I think, in anyone's financial journey. And so like we would have weekly budget meetings, we would sit together, talk about our plan for our money for the week, for the month, and or for the year even. And we were really in good communication about where our money was going. And so that was huge for us, just having our budget date nights, we like to call them, or money date nights, and just really sitting down together and reviewing our spending plan and reviewing how much money we could actually allocate to our debt this month. So yeah, that was huge. Oh, that y'all are speaking my love language with that. I love it. (laughs) I know you would love that, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then also one thing I also wanted to add was when we actually went through the budgeting process, Mm -hmm. we did a spend analysis, which is basically analyzing all of our spending over the, the last three months and averaging out. And one thing that we saw is that we for lunch spent substantial amount of money together um, uh, every day at work. So Mm -hmm. one thing that to save over $400 per month is that we started to meal prep and bring our own lunch to work. Right. And even though at work, some people may be like, Hey, let's all order out to eat. You know, we had to skip those Mm -hmm. during our debt process because we were saving so much money by not ordering out. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were working in the city at the time (laughs) commuting. And so it's very easy to spend a lot of money on lunch, especially in New York city, you know, you're spending at least 10 to $15 just for lunch alone. And so, so yeah, we decided to meal prep, take our lunches. We cooked (laughs) every meal that we could, you know, Like we got creative with date nights, like we didn't go out to dinner that much, but we made meals at home and we enjoyed them together. We found free things to do in our area. I also just want the listeners to know that we didn't feel deprived during this process, right? Like we just got creative. We we tried to find the things that we like to do, but just got creative or intentional about not spending money or Mm -hmm. paying so much for the things that we wanted to do. We went to museums. Oftentimes those can be free after certain times or even the library. The library gives you free passes um, to different attractions in your area. And so I think just kind of researching and seeing what you can actually do to still enjoy life. Because again, we were newlyweds at this point and and we wanted wanted to do the things that newlyweds do and we didn't want to deprive ourselves. Yeah, and I loved to go to the movies. So one thing that I found out during this process is that AMC used to have $5 matinee movies. And I was, I love that, right? Because one, nobody was there. So it felt like you had the theater, but two, like we can go to the movies for $10, Instead uh, of you know, smuggle you know, uh, like some, some candy right? or something in Angie's purse. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, watch a movie at an affordable price. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by my free debt-free roadmap. If one of your goals is to become debt-free this year or at least pay off more debt than maybe you did the year before, then this roadmap is what you are going to want. Sometimes paying off debt is not as simple as it seems, but this roadmap will help break it down into seven easy steps to follow that will set you up for success. I'll also be sharing with you the three most common mistakes that hold people back from paying off debt so that you can avoid them. And when you read about them, you might realize that you've actually made these mistakes in the past. You can get access to that free roadmap by clicking the link down in the show notes or by going to inspirebudget.com slash debt free. You're going to love it. 
what I love about all of this is that you could have in these moments in this year of sacrifice, you could have said, this is awful. We hate this. We're miserable, but you chose to turn it around to say, Hey, we're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy our life. We're still going to live a life. We love, even though we are sending a lot of money to debt every month. So way to go. I think a lot of people could, could try to practice that. Like I said, it, it does feel like you're in a period of sacrifice, right? But I think even if you're in a period of sacrifice where you're kind of altering the things that you mm-hmm. would normally do, you don't have to feel deprived. And it's just, it's just a matter of taking the time to plan out and research how you can really still get, how you can really still enjoy the things that you want to do. Absolutely. So you got on the same page with money. You budgeted and lived on less. What else did you do to help you pay off so much debt? So during this time, we actually increased our incomes. And I think that's very important. So we we took our expenses as low as they could go, but we were like, okay, we can do this. We were so focused and we're like, what's the next best thing that we can do? And that was to increase our income. And so again, and I I also want to say this is that we weren't making six figures at the time. Like while, when we started paying down our debt, we had to actively increase our income in order for us to have a, a, a huge extra, extra, extra chunk left over. Yes. Yes. I was, Sorry. You're fine. (laughs) No. So, so yeah, we weren't making six figures at the time. And so we had to really figure out how we could uh, increase our income so that we can just have extra money to throw at our debt. And so we encouraged each other's each other to seek out promotions at our current jobs, or if our current jobs weren't going to give us the promotions, we looked outside of our companies. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so important. So one of the other books that we educated or learned together was never eat alone. Mm -hmm. And that just taught us the power of networking and building relationships. So that along with us just negotiating with providers, we're like, Hey, our jobs, we should be able to negotiate what we make, or at least go somewhere else. So we started actively networking, finding other job opportunities during our debt payoff, which accelerated our payoff because Angie was able to get a promotion and then I ended up leaving my current company to to find another job that was paying more. And also, in addition to that, Angie became an adjunct professor as well. Mm. So we were trying to get as much income as possible. And on top of that, we started selling furniture, right? Our furniture in the home because we got married. She had our own furniture. I had my own furniture. We had all this extra stuff. So we was like, let's sell what we have in a house that we yes. don't need two of. And of course we had wedding gifts, some of the stuff we already had. So we sold those as well. And that was another additional thing that helped us pay off, but definitely negotiating and leaving our firms to get promotion was truly uh, yeah. helpful during I this think, journey. You know, one thing that we like to say is it's not about who, you know, it's about who knows you. And so it, the power of networking is vital, mm. right? Especially when you're in corporate America and yeah. I think anywhere, to be honest, but yes. especially when you're in corporate, it's important for people to know who you are, to know your work ethic, um, to know your work performance, and no one's going to cheerlead you on more than you are. And so you have to really put yourself out there so that you're in position um, when the opportunities come. And so that's what we did. We had to put ourselves out there so that we were when the opportunities arose for promotions, we, we were there to, to get them. I love that. Even as teachers, 
you can do this as teachers by moving districts to districts that pay more. This was one thing that my husband and I did to help accelerate our debt payoff journey was we took jobs where we got a $10,000 raise because we were working in districts that just didn't pay a lot. Yep. Yep. It's it, yeah, it's so true. And the the funny thing about all of this is that we never would have left our jobs. We never would have received the promotion at the rate that we did if we'd never just if we never decided to start paying off debt together. Yeah. Right. Because it, it was a actual a snowball effect of, hey, let's negotiate. Let's lower our expenses. Let's budget. Let's negotiate our pay. Let's find new jobs. So it, it all started with intention. And you know that's why yeah, we have the brand it started rich with, by intention. It started with really having that goal. Right. And I think it's so powerful when couples have goals together and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish when you are both aligned on that goal, working towards that goal as a team, as one. And like RJ said, it just became a snowball effect for us. We didn't know all of these things that we were doing would accelerate our debt payoff the way that it did. But because we were so aligned, because we were so laser focused, because we were working as a team, it just put us in the position to crush it Oh my gosh. exponentially. <laughs> that is so great. It really is. I think that your story is motivating. I think you have so much incredible information and knowledge to share. And what I love about it is that y'all are clearly down to earth people who have been there, who have walked the road before others, and that you're, you're out there trying to help people do the same thing. So if anyone's listening right now, I know they're sitting here thinking, well, where can I find them? Where can I, where can I get more Angie and RJ? So tell us where people can find you. Yeah. So we have a website. You can find us at richbyintention.com. We are on Instagram at Rich by Intention, actually on all major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter at Rich by Intention. Yeah. yeah. And also we have a podcast, Rich by Intention on all major podcast platforms. And we also, if you go to Rich by Intention, we have a free guide to getting intentional with money on our website, which goes through some of the things that we talked about as well. In addition to that, we have a course actually called Money Date Night Ooh, that uh, also uh, talks about our process as well. Oh, so is it meant for couples? Yes, it's for couples and for them to get intentional with money. Oh, so great. Okay, we will link to all of that below. So if you're sitting here thinking, yes, I want... I want my spouse to be on board. I want us to be on the same page. I want to do what Angie and RJ did. Then I'm guessing you guys just outlined everything in that course. Definitely. No, we, our course is definitely for couples who want to get on the same page about money. It's for people who are dating. So you don't have to be married. Um, we actually encourage people who aren't married to even consider taking our course so that you have all the tools that you need. So when you do decide to get married, having those conversations early and often about money is so important while dating. And so we just want to encourage people to have more talks about money, have more healthy communication around personal finance and wealth building before they get married. Oh, I needed this course like 11 years ago when, <laughs> when my husband and I were dating and engaged. Oh, goodness. So at the end of every interview, I love to just get to know our guests just a little bit more. So I have three questions for you. Don't think too much about them. And I, I want you both to answer. But here's the first one. What is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do? I'll go. Mm -hmm. Okay, you go. <laughs> so one thing on, 
well, we, we share the same bucket list. So okay. our answers might be the same, That's fine. but, um, on our, on our bucket list, we want to record a song together. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's yes. so cool. This has been on our bucket list for years now. We haven't gotten around to it. We have, we've written out the song. We, we have the rap down, but you know, it's actually, okay, what are you waiting on? Time. <laughs> I think we just yes. need time. Oh, Hi. This is the year 2022 exactly. is your year. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. We'll, we'll try to find time. We, you know, we have a toddler now, yes. so Please. she may have to be on. Uh, be yeah, on She's actually going to be in it. So before, like now that background, exactly. Singer. Now that she's here before we, we wanted to record this before she was even born, but you know, now that mm-hmm. she's here, she'll, she'll give some ad libs, but he's the rapper. I'm the singer. So yeah, look out for our oh rich by intention soundtrack. <laughs> Yes. And oh, and when it hits, I am going to be talking all about it. Oh my gosh. Definitely. Yeah. It's hilarious. And another thing that's on our bucket list is for us to actually do a first class trip where it has like the bed, uh, combined beds. I believe it's Singapore yeah. Airlines. It was, it was actually on that bucket list when we first got married to do. So we want to do that type of flight. Yeah, uh, we want to go future. to Asia flying Singapore Airlines in their first class. That's that's been on our bucket list for a while, too, because we have the points. We just oh, haven't wow. done yeah, we just need the time. <laughs> so it would, it would basically be nice, free, but we just haven't. Oh, I love it. Yes. So the second question is, you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions. What do you do with your time separately? What do you do with your time separately? Separately. And separately. Let's keep it PG. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Three hours is a lot of time. Um, Yeah, I'll go first. So as I mentioned before, I love movies. So if I could get three hours to do whatever I want, I'm Mm -hmm. watching a movie. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yes. Yeah, I love love movies. So I'm watching a movie. Oh, man. Three hours. I don't know. Three hours. RJ takes RJ takes the toddler away and you have what would you time to yourself? You would I think you would maybe go to the beach and journal. Oh, my God. That is so true. Mm -hmm. How did you? Uh, I was literally I'm thinking that and I'm like, dang, I'm, I'm your husband. I should know. That was good. I I so I nicely I done. Just watch a movie and then you go to the beach and journal. You're so right. So yeah, that is something I would do. Like, huh? This is this, I love this is oh, like wow. the newlywed game. <laughs> Seriously, it is. I'm impressed. Hey, you know, that just means he really knows you well. If he can, if he can know that while you're thinking it, that's He's that's right. good. And the last one is, and you just have to finish the sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is one, two, three, our Our surprise wedding. wedding. Yeah. (gasps) Y'all had a surprise wedding? Yes. Yes, we did. We actually, wait a minute. Hold on. I need to hear more information about this. You ready? Okay, go. Do you want to start it? No, I think you're better at this. Yeah, because I I think it was, yeah. I I came to him with the idea of like having this surprise wedding. So you know that (laughs) wedding. Wow. So as a bride, I'm sure you can relate. Weddings can be very stressful, mm-hmm. right? The planning of a wedding is very stressful. Oh, yeah. And one day I came to RJ and was just like, babe, I think I think we should just not tell anyone. Get married and not tell anyone. Not elope because that would be, you know, a lot for our families. But it would be, you know, mm-hmm. not telling anyone and just doing it for ourselves. Yeah. So important. Like, when you're planning a wedding, sometimes it becomes so it's so big that it, it's not about the couple anymore. It's about everyone else who your parents want to invite, who's who isn't isn't coming. Mm-hmm. And yes. we just wanted to center our wedding back to us. And so we decided to just 
have a surprise wedding. Yeah. And, and when Angie came to me and, and said no. this, I'm like, no, I don't want to do no. this. But then about a <laughs> month about later, it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's right? do it. Yeah. So then we were like, Angie's a project manager, you know, planner, budgeting guru. She's she starts putting together this master master blueprint of how we're going to do it. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm the creative. So I was like, OK, this is how we can do it. This is how we do it. So we decided that I was going to tell everyone, including my family and hers, that I was throwing a, a surprise engagement party for Angie. So yes. that removed her from every conversation. <gasps> yes. So about no anything. one could bother oh my me gosh. about my wedding, about anything, because it was all a surprise for me. For like, her. So yeah. he was the one taking the calls, taking the texts about this surprise yeah. engagement party. And I'm like, and I'm I like, could just plan my wedding. And we wow. told them that, hey, we're, gonna, we're doing this surprise engagement because we're going to do a destination wedding and a far location that no one would be able able to to go to. (laughs) So everyone should come to this because you're not going to be able to go to that destination wedding unless you you had a a good amount of money. money. So (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So, so then, yeah. So we end up getting everyone there. 95% 95% of the people were on time. And it wasn't a time. small wedding either. Yeah, we, we had, had about like, 100, 150 people at yeah, our wedding. Yes. Yeah, at our yes. surprise and engagement party. Yes. And <laughs> the way that we announced it, so me and Angie decided to do an announcement video at the, the wedding venue, right? To say, hey, this is not an engagement party. This it's is actually a, our ma- wedding. A, a marriage, right? So we, we went through a love story, like real world uh-huh. styled. Yeah. And so we had like a videographer come and record us while... They, we did like an interview about our love story wow. and, and basically the at the end, we shared our engagement photos. Mm-hmm. No, no, we, sh- no, we shared the actual proposal yes, the actual to Angie. Proposal. No one ever seen it before, but I had the video. So when, at the end of the video, I had okay. the proposal on one knee, that moment captured. And then the next screen, it said, uh, our, you're welcome to our wedding. Yes. And then everyone just yes. lost it. Yes. Everyone went crazy. And I should say he proposed to me in a, what is it called? Escape room. An escape room. So, you know, oh, so well. we got engaged in an escape room. So yeah, it was footage from me trying to find my engagement ring in this escape room. Oh my, you are kidding me. So, oh yeah, my gosh. It was just, there are so many layers. To this. Yeah, this is our first time sharing it. I know <laughs> wow. we should probably have it on a blog or you know, on, on Instagram. Like, Instagram gosh, but but we'll, we'll post okay. it uh, around this time. When- wow. Okay, <laughs> Angie and RJ's second course is going to be about how to surprise your family members with a wedding and have the most <laughs> epic proposal ever. So be, stay tuned for that. Definitely. Wow. Stay oh tuned, my gosh. Guys. Well, thank you for sharing that story. What a fun fact about you guys. Yes, I know. We haven't shared it. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> we should. Yeah, we're going to share it. Thank I'd you. I'd be talking yeah. about that. I'd be telling everyone about that story if that happened. I to know, <laughs> right? I know. It was yeah. so good. Our wedding was so wonderful. It really was. Oh. It was beautiful and it wasn't like it was beautiful so oh sounds great well thank you angie and rj for joining me i appreciate it so much and everything we talked about all the links everything you want to know about getting in touch with rich by intention is going to be down in the thank show you so much we really thank appreciate you, it this has been a blast oh my gosh thank you so much for having yes. us yes. and we're gonna meet in person soon. oh yes we yes, will we have we're gonna to. make it happen <laughs> I hope you enjoy that interview with Angie and RJ. I think they are such a wonderful couple. If you're not following them already, go do so and be sure to tune into their podcast, Rich by Intention. Ultimately, I hope this helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. I'll see you next week.